welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Okay, everyone. Wow. I'm Harvey Asher, sexaholic from Nashville, Tennessee. I've been sexually sober 33 years and 10 months. But there is someone in this room who has more sobriety and is a pioneer of pioneers to be a woman, the oldest basically in sobriety, one of the women, and to break these frontiers. Sylvia, would you stand up? And Jean, how about you stand up? Can you stand up? Jean is the man she took the contract out on to kill. Look at us. She's my kind of woman. (laughs) You're my kind of people. But I'm going to get serious for a moment, if possible. I've got to read you a poem that's 2,500 years old. A wife of noble character who can find she is worth more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. Many women do noble things, but you suppress You surpassed them all. Nancy, would you get up and come up for a moment? Thank 
And she's good in bed, too. <laughs> you think I'm still not a sexaholic? I might be 78, but I'm not dead yet. <laughs> This is a woman I kept giving venereal diseases to. This is a woman who had to go through such embarrassments. Who had to explain things to our children. Who had to defend me when people would say they heard about me. Yes, I'm a low-bottom drunk. And she stood by me. And she stands by me. Do you know what it takes for these women to live with guys like us? Or people like us? We can't hardly live with ourselves. And yet these people somehow get through if our marriage made it, anybody's marriage could make it. But it's based on sobriety. You know, just based on sobriety. And it's based on that I would take a bullet for my wife, not think twice, but she can never come before my program. My wife cannot come before my program. My children cannot come before my program. My religion cannot come before my program. My profession cannot come before my program. My God cannot come before my program. This, if I'm not sober, I can't have any of those. When I'm sober one day at a time, the miracle is we tend to keep all of them. I want to tell you what I'm really like with 33 years sobriety. What am I really like? Well, one of my, one of my 700 sponsees... <laughs> And well, if you think he's mean to you, you should see what I'm to him. Wow. Have you ever seen a conference run better than this? Now, I all had to come down here to tie him up. Mark, you can't do this. You can't do that. Let's go. But he follows simple suggestions. And if not, I yell at him. <laughs> but let me tell you who I really am. One of my sponsees who lives in Uruguay was coming through New York in a trip he had. And Nancy and I happened to be in New Jersey. This was some months ago. And so I said I'd meet him 
at the Port of Authority. Bess, he was in Manhattan and we were in Jersey and I said, I'll meet you for coffee. So I, so I get on the bus to go to Manhattan. All I could think about is, I wonder if I have more sobriety than Roy has. Can you imagine that starts obsessing me? I start looking up numbers, start doing things. I get to see the guy, we meet, we sit down. I said, I can't talk to you. You've got to help me figure out if I have more sobriety than Roy. Thirty-three years of bride. And I'm obsessive. So he gives me, we do stuff. I said, no, that can't be right. Let's do it again. <laughs> and we're doing it and doing it. And then I got the answer. And then I said, my God, what that man had when I came in, he had seven years sobriety. I still don't have what he has with my 33 years. This man, Roy, was divinely inspired to have figured out the things and shared the things he was able to discover with such minimal sobriety at the time. Unbelievable. Now, why am I saying this? And Mike brought some of this up today. Mike C. Many of you don't even know Roy wrote the book. Roy is becoming a name that people hardly know. Roy K., was there alone. He paid for everything out of his pocket. It was in his garage for years. Now, did we get along well together? Can you imagine me with an authoritarian figure? I might be short, but man, am I wild. <laughs> that poor guy, what he had to deal with me and all the other newbies. But I don't want us to forget him. What we owe him, but also God what God could do. He could take us low-life sex addicts and talk through us and do such miraculous things. It's inconceivable. And each of you are Roy's. Each of you are pioneers. We're breaking ground that people have never broken ground in non-religious areas. We're doing and discovering things that people can't believe.
My sponsor would say, Harvey, if this program worked for you, it could even work for a dog. <laughs> so let me tell you how the program works. Because I don't want to talk about the first few steps. This program is being crippled by us never getting beyond step three and four. The meetings constantly about the problem, about acting out. First of all, our program isn't even about acting out. Where does it say one thing about acting out in the steps? Does it say one thing? We admitted we were powerless to pornography? No way. doesn't say that. doesn't say we're powerless over masturbation. It says we're powerless over lust. And so the fellowship never deals with it. It's one of many subjects the fellowship doesn't deal with. Fellowship doesn't deal with the fact that most people in this room are not living a monastic life. You're having sex with your wives. It's never spoken about. It's like everyone's monks. We have so many secrets in this fellowship that we never get beyond those first few steps. We have these myths that inundate us. We're a very religious group of people. For whatever reason, this program attracts religious people. And so what happens? We bring this and make this another kind of religion. And what do we do? Oh, God will do it. God does it. God does it all. Bullcrap. God does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. You know, in AA, they say if a recovering alcoholic takes a bottle of booze that's open and puts it up to his mouth, God is so powerful that he can knock that bottle right out. But statistically, he doesn't do it. <laughs> what the hell do we need steps for if God's going to do it all? The first step doesn't even mention God. But you'd never know it from the way people are a lot of times in the program. Let's put it another way. In some avenues, they call it the bread of shame. What's the bread of shame? It's a kind of unusual expression. What's the bread of shame? Well, picture this. A young kid is on a baseball team, junior league, junior league, and 
he's hitting a home run with every single pitch. Every pitch. The pitcher says it. He knocks that ball right out of the field. The crowd's cheering. He wins the game for them. They lift him up. They carry him around cheering. The crowd's cheering. Oh, he feels so wonderful. And then the next day he finds that his father paid the pitcher to send him only good pitches. And he paid the crowd to cheer. And he goes into depression and shame. If God does all this for us, not that he can't, there's nothing else but God. But if he doesn't give us free will, we just sit on our ass. This program's not easy to work. And I said it the other night at a professional meeting. We're asking the impossible. There's nothing that feels better than an orgasm. I mean, what can you do? It has this... Why? Why? This God in, an, in his infinite wisdom knew the world needs to survive. So he figured this unbelievable thing out. <laughs> what did he figure out? As I said the other night. Just picture this. Do you think a caveman would go out all day with a stick and a rock attached to it, go beat down a tiger, and bring home the food for his children if he wasn't getting some from his wife that night? <laughs> Come on, tell me something else. I often say to my wife, Honey, what an invention. How could God have thought of something this strange? That feels so good. The whole thing's kind of strange. <laughs> but it lets the world continue. Without it. And just like the 12 and 12 says, these are just, just natural instincts that have gone haywire. We're allergic to lust. We're not normal people. Normal people could lust. We can't lust normally. That's how the cookie crumbles. What's another myth? There's only one way to work this program. Bull! Where the heck did that message come from? Why? 
We do not have cookie-cutter sobriety. You can't just fit everything for the different people. Yes, we have the sobriety definition. We have steps. We have God as we understand them. We have fellowship. We have sponsorship. But I wish you well if you think you could get a bunch of drunks to do what you think they should do. First of all, how the heck can I say should do? That's a shame word. I got five minutes, no way. I'm 78 years old. This might be it, buddy. So if you have to take a bathroom break, go for it. You're lucky. Because I'm 78, I'm going to need a bathroom break pretty soon. <laughs> so it can't go on indefinitely, so don't panic. Don't let yourself go into shame. Shame is our enemy. Shame is giving the first step the middle finger. Shame is saying, I'm bad getting good, not sick getting well. Every time you go into shame, you are blocking that you are without power. And there's nothing that helps shame except to do it again. In Nashville, you always know who my sponsees are. This will be sitting in the room because we do this very special thing for shame. It's just nasty energy that we pick up. We brush it off. I learned it from a massage therapist. What can I tell you? <laughs> there are good things you can learn from anybody. It really works. You brush that crap off. And then you say, thank you, God, for reminding me I'm still sick. The people who lose their sobriety in this program are the people who do very well and then think they're cured. Every time you're reminded that you're not cured yet, you get another gift. So you don't disappear from the program because I need constant medication. Now, I'm dyslexic. Anybody who wants to do big book study with me, it's very painful for me to read too much. My program is based on the oral tradition. 
what one sponsor says to another. And so this afternoon, my wife had almost carried me out of here. This, I was weeping so much from Will's story. Why? Will didn't know it. I told him afterwards. Because he was quoting word for word what my sponsor taught me 30 years ago. I'll give you an example. Nancy and I were in Portugal some years ago in Estoril and I really wanted a meeting. And so we went into Lisbon to find the English-speaking meeting and it wasn't there anymore. And I stopped someone on the street and they said, oh, you know, the next day there was one. And so we go back by train the next day and we go and the church was closed and I just surrendered and I stood out there and I did the Our Father and I made my only tiny meeting and all of a sudden someone walks by and I said, do you know where there's a AA or NA meeting? And he said, wait. And he goes across the street into a bar, brings some people out. <laughs> and says, oh, they're restoring the church. So we're meeting in the bar. So they decided to have a meeting in the portico of the church on the steps. We sat on the floor and one guy was so angry. He said, I don't, I don't know English because they had converted it back to a Portuguese speaking meeting. I don't speak English. And someone else says to him, if you were trying to pick up some English-speaking woman in a bar, you'd speak English, wouldn't you? <laughs> so we had the meeting, and at the end of the meeting, I shared something my sponsor, Cherry, had taught me about the sixth and seventh step. He said, See, Harvey, this cancer here? Yes, God, remove it, remove it. But then you say, God, see this cancer? Leave it alone. I'm not ready to have it removed. No, the seventh step says all of it. All of it. But many of the things that Will was, say was saying was many of his things. So we leave the meeting and we're walking up a hill and I start to cry and I said, Nancy, Cherry, my sponsor, who had died like 10 years before, Cherry, my sponsor, is now living in Portugal. The 11th step prayer. We die to everlasting life in this program. We live forever. I cried Miss Cherry was now living in San Antonio. This is the program. This is the fourth dimension. Being catapulted into a fourth dimension. What is this stuff? We never talk about it. 
How many meetings have been about the fourth dimension? I brought it up today at a meeting. Fourth dimension. I'll tell you fourth dimension. We were driving home from Atlanta a week or so ago, and I get a call from Sweden. And this guy says, I'm from Iran. Do I have permission to translate your talk in Poland that I've already translated? (laughs) Which means, possibly, and probably, it's nothing like I really said, that they have no input in translation. He said, I'm translating it into Farsi. So a country that is having difficulty with Jews is using a talk a Jew made to translate into Farsi. If that's not the fourth dimension, what the heck is? For many people in this room, your lives are involved in waiting for the second coming. For many people of other religions, they're waiting for a first coming. But what is that coming? The fourth dimension. Where the Iranians are with the Jews. The lion and the lamb are laying together. And how is that possible? This we're living it in this program. Through anonymity. We have no whites, blacks, Asians, Jews, Christians, women, men, Muslims. We just have sick drunks. We connect through our illness. We only have our story. We share our experience, strength, and hope. Very appreciative you asked me to speak, but you know it was all rigged. This I probably would have fired him as a sponsee if he had asked someone else. So if any old-timers weren't asked, you now know why. Nothing about you personally. It's that I blackmailed it. (laughs) So I want to end with the ways I always end. That Cherry, and I've added some things that Cherry would tell me and ask me. But the first thing, something someone else said. There is nothing you can do to make God stop loving you. If you don't have that God, get him. That's the one I had to borrow. <laughs> 
and became mine. Let's do it in unison. There is nothing you could do to make God stop loving you. The other thing would be, my sponsor would say, do you think God loved you when you were doing all those low-life things that you did? And let me tell you, I abused my wife in frequency. I was a chronic obsessive masturbator, and I was promiscuous with men, women, anything that walked, and then one day my wife yelled out, and even if they didn't walk. (laughs) And he'd say, do you think God loved you when you were doing all those low-life things you did? And finally I'd squeak out, yeah, I guess so. And he'd say, well, he lo- if he loved you then, he must be hog-ass wild about you now. <laughs> now, there is no way I'm going to end this without my occasional endings. That's not essay approved. So I want everyone to get up and where to sing zippity doo <laughs> You ready? Who knows all the words? Okay. zippity doo da zippity My, oh my, what a wonderful day. Plenty of sunshine head my way. zippity doo da zippity a blue bird on my shoulder. It's a factual zippity do da zippity a wonderful feeling. Wonderful to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.